Real estate, it has nothing to do with numbers. It's all relationships. Some people coming into it might be like, wait, what are you talking about? Because there's a lot of numbers involved in real estate, right? But you don't succeed by the numbers. You succeed by your relationships. Welcome to the House Rich Podcast, a show dedicated to the professional development of anyone involved in the home buying or selling process. I'm James Walters, your host, and I believe that when we level up our knowledge and skills, we'll serve our clients better, create stronger communities, and see our businesses grow beyond what we ever thought possible. If this is your first visit to the show, thanks for stopping by, and be sure to come back each week for fresh content from industry pros. Today I have two guests on the show, and they're both named Derek. Derek King is founder of King Group, a real estate firm out of Raleigh, North Carolina. We talk about his transition from serving 20 years in the elite forces of the military into civilian life and then into real estate. He has a ton of valuable perspective to share with us on work and life balance and how his personal development has shaped his professional success. We also talk about how he used his experience with training Green Berets to create the most robust new agent training system out there. His business partner, Derek Smith, witnessed many of the daily routine and habit changes Derek made over the past year and weighs in on the personal and professional transformation and how their business has grown as a result. This one gets deep quick, so strap on your seatbelt and get ready to be inspired. I really appreciate you guys being here today, and Derek King, I want to start off with talking about what it was like to spend so much time in the military. You went in as a young man and you spent 20 years in. What was it like coming out, having to find your way and just making that transition? It's interesting for me because that's two years retired from the military. I thought about it one March. I woke up and I was like, wow, I've been out of the military for two years now. It's almost surreal because that's my adult life. I went in 18 to 38, so that's all I knew. And 17 years of that was war. So it was just like, this is interesting. I'm two two years into trying to figure this civilian life out. So what is it about this career field that really interested you? I grew up in a family of carpenters. We always built, whether it be from framing homes to siding, roofing, a lot of things. We didn't do a lot of finished work, but I grew up in it. My grandfather, my uncles, my father. So that's always been in the blood, construction carpentry, all that architecture, things like that. My brother actually right now, he's an architect. We were actually supposed to go to school for architecture and have our own architectural firm. That was our plan when I was 18 years old, but that didn't pan out, obviously. Going into the military and then all of a sudden 9-11, 2001 hits and the whole architectural firm thing goes to the wayside. Now, is that what got you in the military? No, I signed up for the military in October of 98 and went down to basic training. My brother and I both went down to basic training on January of 99. So no, I actually had planned on doing it like three years and then getting out. And I was just doing it for college money. Like most people do. Most people just do it for college money. But I came in and I was just like, hey, I want to possibly be a cop afterwards. And I was told the best route to be was to be an infantry guy. So I went and didn't be an infantry guy. And then, of course, I ended up at the 101st Airborne Division. And we ended up with third ID spearheading Iraq, the invasion of Iraq in 2003. So it's just like I got thrust into all that. So long story short, as far as how I came into real estate in 2008, the recession hit. And I was at the time I was changing my career up and I was going down to 7th Special Forces Group. And it was right at 2009 when we were coming out of the recession. And so I started to look at real estate. 
And I think one of the reasons why I did was because one of the guys had gotten his real estate license and he was running transactions down in Florida. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So let me try this out. Let me see what this is all about. So I started to study real estate, started to get into it, never really made an investment. I just continued to study it and see where the housing market was going because it had just, that was the whole reason for the crash. Then 2013, I was just like, okay, let me try to figure out what I want to do for my future. But I was still in the kind of the heart of my career. So I was still deploying every six months, just being young and just doing what I was doing with the rifle in my hand and boots on my feet and still just dabbling at it. This podcast is all about professional, personal development geared toward the real estate industry. The reason we got linked up is because I saw your post on Facebook and I hang out on Facebook. A lot of people in our space do, yeah. and I like to see what is being talked about. Yeah. And I came across one of your posts and it really stood out to me because it's kind of at the heart of what I created this podcast for. And you were talking about how you stopped doing certain things in your life and you'd started doing other things in your life on a very personal level dealing mostly with your health. A lot of people put those things out there, but the thing that really stuck with me is when you talked about how it was translating into your work life and you made some changes. I want you to talk about some of those changes because there are probably people out here right now who are in this market, they're working really hard. If they're a real estate agent, especially on the buyer side, they're working harder than ever and maybe feeling a little rundown and maybe have that third bite of Chick-fil-A biscuit in their mouth right now. Sorry if you do, but... <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Tell me what got you to that post and the changes you made and how you see them. Then Derek, we'll come back and talk to you about what you saw happen from the outside. Right. Yeah, so I like to explore. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this all the way back about, about eight years. And during my final few years of being down in Florida and deploying and exploring and everything, I found myself in a couple of places that really resonated deeply with me. One, I spent about eight and a half months or so in the Andes Mountains. I was at a mountain instructor course and we climbed up to about 15 and a half, I want to say 15 and a half thousand, I think was our highest summit. But over eight and a half months, I probably walked. It was well into the thousands as far as miles are concerned. We just never stopped. But there's something that is to be said about that, walking all those miles and getting up to those heights and really just reaching high and seeing the world from top down. So that really resonated with me a lot. And I took that, put it in my pocket and I moved forward. And then I got back to Florida and I was there. You know, of course I was deploying still, but I got back to Florida. There was a lot of moments where I was back and I would just really try to find my space. And my space ended up being down at the beach. And it wasn't just going to the beach and hanging out, getting a suntan and everything. It was going down there and putting headphones in my ears, taking the shoes off my feet with just my running shorts on. And I would start the same exact spot and I would run two and a half miles down the beach barefoot. At the end of it, I would sit there and I'd meditate a little bit, do a little bit of yoga. And I'd come back two and a half more miles. So I'd do a total of five a day. It wasn't just, it wasn't every day, but right where I would stop. And I'd do this at the same time, it's just about every day. And I did this for about six to eight months. The sun was, would set, there was a pier to my right. And the sun would set between the pillars of the pier. And I would sit there and I'd meditate. And I'd put my back to the land and I'd look out into the ocean. And I really started to learn a lot about what the ocean was all about. So I took that and I combined it with what I had learned in the mountains. And just those two peaceful areas. And I was like, okay, that's really, that's very spiritual. That's a lot of mind and soul. 
I felt like I always had that. I shouldn't say always had it, but it came easy to fine tune that and figure out the balance there. The body was another thing. It's always been difficult. It's always been a, a struggle to keep the health up, but I've been very blessed and I was in the military and I just kept grinding and grinding. And when I say keep my health up, I say like from injury because the military just, you know, weighs on you. It stands true that the army did beat me up. I might look young on the outside, but on the inside, there's aches and pains. But that didn't just start over the last two years that I've been retired. And that started halfway through my career. So it was just a very, it was a struggle to keep and figure that all out. So I have just continually on a daily basis, I've taken those times when I was in the, mount, the mountains and the times that I was down on the beach and really trying to find my space to balance out my mind and my soul. I've kind of utilized those to, to build up and really try to figure out my body. And if I had to sum it all up, it really is, it's about balance. And that's easier said than done, but realistically it's about balance. So did I struggle with it prior being going through the military and trying to figure it all out towards the end of my career? And have I been struggling with this since I've been out and been retired? 100%. These last two years being retired, everything is different. So my whole mind, body, and soul balance and everything else, that's just been thrown off completely. So what changes did you make day to day when you were searching and you were trying to get that balance you were looking for? I started to do a lot of meal prep and really focusing in on what I was putting in my body. I started to have some health issues digestively and it really made me focus my mind on what I was doing as far as diet was concerned. So I became very regimented on that. And then there were a lot of other aspects to my life that I was trying to figure out what else is going on. One of them, what I knew was a constant, was tobacco. I had been doing tobacco since I was 16 years old. And I was like, this might be a leading cause to all this. So I removed tobacco about two months ago. I'm still weaning off of nicotine, but it's not in the form of tobacco right now. It's doing pouches. But I've gone from 144 milligrams a day to 16 right now in two months. And I'm telling you that 23 years since I started that, it's definitely been a hard road. I never thought it would be, but it definitely has been. So I changed that. So that was another change. The working out and the exercising and things like that, that's always kind of been a thing. I, I will say this though, I did change over from working out at night. And this might be something that somebody might be able to utilize because I've heard these issues a lot. I've changed working out at night to the morning. So I just get up early in the morning. Well, right now I'm actually doing it like at eight o'clock in the morning time. It used to be earlier but my body's just been working with eight o'clock, so that's fine. Just push my hours back at night a little bit further. But definitely changing it from night to morning. And I did that because I was having some issues with sleep and I was trying to figure out what was going on. What's going on? Why am I having issues with sleep? I shouldn't be having any issues with sleep. It was because I was feeding my body pre-workout at five o'clock at night. So that wasn't working out. So I changed in the morning, so that's helped out. So working out in the morning, getting up and having that really good diet, having a good shake and then a good breakfast, keeping the vitamins in me. It sounds like whether you knew it or not, when you were looking for the balance, you first landed on the spiritual component and then you went for the nutritional component. You started the meal prep and you started to really pay attention to what was going on. And then again, whether you knew it or not, you weren't taking on everything at once. I think that's something people can tend to do. They're like, oh, my life's got to change. I can't get where I want to be based on where I am. And they try to change everything and they get really frustrated because who can do that? But it sounds like you, you came to one and, and then you went to the next and then you took on the tobacco component. So you didn't try to knock it all out. Part of the reason why Derek and I work together so well, we both understand the process. We live in a three second world. You might weigh 230 pounds. Nowadays, everybody wants to be at 200 pounds in a week. 
Okay, starve yourself. You might survive, maybe, trying to get down 30 pounds in a week. It's just not going to happen. So patience is a virtue. It's huge. Patience is just all of it, really, and not worrying. That's what I started to really key in on with scripture is that worrying piece. And it actually was told to me last year by somebody and it stuck. Worrying is almost disrespectful to the Lord and it stuck. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I I shouldn't worry. Everything is going to pan out. Everything's going to be okay. And so that helped me grow my patience. It's not that I've been terrible at being patient, but it's definitely increased. It probably doubled since last summer. They're just really stepping back and being smart with my mind, not trying to force anything, checking the ego at the door. That's been a huge thing. You check the ego at the door, you'll gain some patience. You'll stop worrying. You'll understand. You'll see everything a lot more clear. And once you start to see everything a lot more clear, you'll start to see the little pieces of the puzzle. And I have, I've started to, and it's starting to come together. I think it's starting to come together anyway. I don't know. You tell me, Derek. That's great. Yeah, that was my next question. (laughs) I want to talk to you about the changes you saw, you're looking from the outside in, you've known each other two years. And when this first started happening, what changes did you see Derek go through from your perspective? So the crazy thing is the only actual change I really noticed was that he got a little bit thinner, not like noticeably thinner, but I could see a little bit in your face, but that's when you were starting to have those diet issues and you just changed the way your diet was. But with the level he operates at, from first thing in the morning to 9, 10, 11 at night. He works all day long and he lives out here in Fayetteville, but our firm is based in Raleigh. So half time I was talking to him, he was on the road there. So any regular person would be tired with half his workload. So I didn't notice too much of a difference because he's just been known to work at those high levels even when he wasn't doing the right things with his body and everything. Yeah, the biggest struggle that I have. It's do I understand where and how I need to balance the small things like we, I was just talking about. Yes, yeah, sure. But when it comes down to filling my plates, I, I don't tend to have one plate full and I can't keep one plate full. Okay. I have two or three maybe that I keep full. It keeps me moving. It keeps me energized. But the important thing that I've learned is that doing it alone has never been the right way to do it. And it starts that for me, that starts with the Lord, but it also starts with the people around me. And so I have had to change my circle and I've changed my circle in a way where I, I was very systematic about who I allowed back in, or not even back in, but allowed in. But I've allowed some amazing people in that tell me how it is. Like, Derek, you need to stop. Like, slow down. Maybe I've just matured to a point where I've realized that I need to listen to them because I'm not superhuman. I am vulnerable. Yeah. And that I can break down and I can fall. I spent so many years walking that ridge, but was I walking it with the right people? And I, Last year, I think, was a huge thing for me because I I fell off that ridge really hard. And I haven't really shared that publicly with a lot of people. But I fell all the way down to that deep, dark valley for the first time in my life. And I realized right then and there that I wasn't superhuman. And it compounded last year. And when you saw me, Derek, for the first time again towards the fall, yeah, that was the, the result of the whole year compounding. I actually put a post out on Facebook. I actually expressed some of those things. There was just a combination. There was like, good good Lord, probably good 10 things that compounded last year that just threw me off. But I got back up on that horse. I got back in that saddle. You just mentioned two things that I think are fascinating to me because they're, they're things that are really pertinent to my life right now. You said the people you're surrounded with. Now you spent 20 years in the military where you don't get to choose the people 
you're around necessarily. No. So you're put with a group of other people, whatever that looks like. And then you have to deal with the different personalities. You have to get the job done, get the mission done, and then you're out. You've been out for a couple of years and you do get to choose who you're around. What's that like? Do you end up just when you get out with the people who you've collected along the way outside of the military? And then you have to decide how to weed them out or do they just fall away? They just fall away. I still have soldiers that I've led 16, 17 years ago that I talked to still. Those who want to stay and be with you will stay and be with you. And whether it was a, a really extensive relationship you might have gained with them or not, there's some soldiers that were in the next squad over or in the next platoon over, but that knew me and I would talk to them from time to time. I wasn't directly with them face to face. That still talked to me to this day because they saw me as a certain something and I saw a certain something in them as well. But yeah, it, it pretty much just kind of fall off. But yeah, whoever is meant to be in your circle. Can I say that I have removed a few of them? Sure, yeah. yeah. I've had to, just because you could just see the volatility in, in the relationship, which is not good. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot of negative, and I'm just not a negative person. Yeah, yeah. That's why last year it crushed me, because I was like, I'm not a negative person. What's going on? I had to figure that out. We've been talking about a lot of the growth that mm -hmm. you've had, but last year it sounds like wasn't comfortable, maybe. But growth-wise, it's going to send you in a trajectory that sounds like it's going yeah. really well right now. You're trying to build a team. Now, you've been a team leader. You did that for years before, but yeah. now you're in a different industry. You're bringing together a team of agents. Yeah. Uh, what is your goal there? And what are the discussions? And how is all that growth going to translate into your business over the next year? The three years that I finished off in the military, I spent as a formal instructor. I was a leader and I instructed my entire career. But as a formal instructor, I knew at that point I was going to be retiring. So in my head, what I was doing for those last three years was building nearly 400 Green Berets to go out into the ranks. Okay. And I was essentially passing that torch, right? What I wanted to do was I wanted to focus in on their foundation of what they were supposed to be doing. I spent the first almost nine months in the committee revamping my entire program. And I wanted to do that because I felt like I needed to build those students how I felt was the best way that they could succeed. And so I was like, hey, I'm gonna revamp this entire program and I'm gonna make this my program because I'm passing the torch and I wanna make sure that they don't fail. So I brought Derek in and I'm asking him to be a leader mentor with me. I wanna bring in brand new agents that have no idea what they're doing and I wanna build their foundation. Right now I'm building a mentorship program. It's getting very deep. It'll probably end up being 500 pages long. <laughs> it'll have a title. It'll be published and be a, a number one New York seller. But, King Bobby. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just keep typing on my computer. It just keeps going. But my goal is that besides having the passive income and having the assets in place and everything like that to be able to do what I want to do down the road, as far as real estate is concerned and while I'm going through it, if I'm not leading and I'm not building the foundation of these real estate agents as they start to build their careers up, I don't feel like I'm doing my due diligence. So that's the plan. So Derek and I are going to start off. We already have a couple other people that are in mind as far as bringing them in, but the idea is to do just that. Because I keep hearing the whole, does the industry do what they're supposed to do for agents? Does the industry build them up the way they're supposed to? Is there enough outreach there to create success? If you look at the statistics, there's not, or there is a lack of, 
75% of agents fail in their first year in real estate. 87% fail after five years. That's a very high statistic. Yeah. Now, I am all about quality. When you start talking about being a Green Beret, a you know, hundred will test today. Only three earn their Green Beret. That's like the thing, right? Because right. we want quality. Mm. Of course, I want quality as well. And there's certain markets that are very saturated with realtors. But there's a lot of markets that are saturated with bad realtors. And I want to change that. That's my focus. Yeah. And it's cool because you guys have both had a career before this. You were in the military. A lot of specialized skills involved in that. Now you're coming into this space, another series of specialized skills, a lot of technical, a lot of creative, a lot of people skills required to be good at it. But from everything I've heard both of you saying, just like the military was a part of your life and development at one point, it sounds like you're using real estate as a vehicle for something bigger. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say this real quick. The reason why I believe so heavily in Derek is because he sees this one thing. He knows and understands the difference between, and this is going to blow everybody's mind, real estate it has nothing to do with numbers. It's all relationships. And some people coming into it might be like, wait, what are you talking about? There's a lot of numbers involved in real estate, right? But you don't succeed by the numbers. You succeed by your relationships. I really want to thank you both for having this conversation. And this has been great wisdom. I appreciate you opening up. I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing with the people who are listening here. And I want to thank you for that. And I want to ask you, what's the best way for people to connect with you, either online or directly? Yeah. Absolutely. On just about every social media you get out there. My resume is on LinkedIn. I see LinkedIn as that resume. So if you want to see my professional life and everything, go on LinkedIn. Facebook and Instagram, that's how to connect with me most. Facebook, a huge thing for me. I use that for marketing. I'm on there a lot. So if anybody wants to connect with me, definitely get on Facebook. Yeah. The same way I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, message me on Facebook would be the easiest Gotcha. That's cool. Well, I have one more phase. I always call it the lightning round and it gives everybody listening a chance to learn a little bit more about you. These will be easy though. They're just off the top of your head kind of answers. So <laughs> what is your go-to healthy meal prep recipe? Oh gosh. Healthy meal prep recipe. Chicken. Chicken. Just chicken. <laughs> that could be Kentucky uh, yeah, no. Fried. That could oh, be. Oh gosh! A... No, really, Ch- uh, baked chicken and rice, and probably broccoli, some kind of vegetable, or a good salad, a good kale salad. Yeah, honestly, it's something very bland, simple, not a lot of spices and things like that. I mean, that yeah, it keeps me healthy. If it's not rice, it's couscous. Yes, I said that word. <laughs> <laughs> now, on the flip side of that, which go-to cheat meal? Now we're talking. Yeah. It used to be pizza, but I've cut a lot of bread out. So what's my cheat meal now? Takeout. Definitely takeout. Okay. Yeah, we got a great, I got a great takeout place for about three minutes from my house. I'm not, I'm not sharing that secret. It's my own little secret. That's crazy. That's cool. Now, <laughs> now, Derek, what's, if you had to listen to one music album for the rest of your life? The what? Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. I can literally listen to that on repeat all day. That is a, that's a vibe. All right. All right. That's, that's school right there. <laughs> Yeah. Derek, I don't know if Derek was born when that album came out. I don't think you want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was four when you joined the military, so. Four, gonna... yeah, yeah, yeah. How old were you then? So that was in 95. You said 90. No, that Lauryn Hill album was in what, 95? Well, I wasn't born in 94, so it was close. I have to look that up. But you were very young. <laughs> you were too from you were college ch- in 94. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated from high school in 98, but yeah, you were definitely probably still an infant when that album came out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I remember jamming to that when I was in high school. Wow. (laughs) 
That's good. So I'm going to ask you both this because I ask every guest this and I'm always fascinated by the answers. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Ooh, follow my heart. Oh. Yeah. Who gave you that one? My mom. All right. I don't remember when years ago, probably several times over. But yeah, that one's, that's definitely stuck with me throughout the years. She's always told me that. And that's actually been hard because following your heart, it, it invites a lot of emotion. That gets difficult. I am very much so that everybody out there knows I'm a lot less logical than I look. I'm a lot more emotional. Something we connect with. For me, the thing that comes to me most, I didn't read books all the time. Like growing up, I'd find a video game before I could find a book, but Shortly after I joined the military, I decided I wanted to get into reading, and the first book I got was the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, Bruce Lee's book. And <laughs> literally, uh, the reference he made about being like water. Honestly, from reading that book, I've been able to get a little bit of something from everyone I interact with, everything I listen to, even if it's something I've listened to again. But it's just being able to always keep an open mind to what you can learn as long as you keep that possibility open that there is still something more for you to learn. That's interesting you say that because going all the way back to the going to the ocean and meditating and things, one of the things I learned about the ocean, obviously, keyed it on was that the adaptability of it and the fluidness of it. And so Bruce Lee talks about that. Bruce Lee is one of my, yeah, I listen to and research a lot about Bruce Lee, but that is key be like water mm-hmm. it not only answers that question but it answers the next question i was going to ask you which was your favorite book you've ever read i'd have to say it's it's that one <laughs> two in one that's pretty awesome <laughs> and i really appreciate you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to have this conversation and sharing all you have with everyone who's listening out there i'm really excited for you guys it sounds like there's a lot of good stuff coming up yeah thanks for having us this is awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening today. Each week we share valuable content so you can level up your knowledge, skills, and life. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, and if you'd like access to even more content or have someone you'd like to hear on the show, head to houserichpodcast.com and drop us a note. We'll see you back here next week.